Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder, a show where we interview experts about how to move up the corporate ladder. Now, a huge key to success is success when you're moving up the ladder. And today, we're with Laura Vanderkam, author of What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, to find some tips and strategies for a more successful life. Now, Laura, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you for having me on your show. I am a journalist who loves to cover stories about productivity and time management and people's careers. I find that how we think about our careers uh, says a lot about who we are and what we want to do, what we want our life's work to be. Um, So I love to write about these topics and love to write about people who love what they're doing. Awesome. Well, it's always good to love what you're doing. (laughs) So we brought you in today because your area of expertise is how to be successful in the workplace. So how would you define success? Everybody has a different definition of success. I define success as making progress, steady progress toward the goals that matter to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there there are lots of ways that one can be successful, but certainly when we look at people and and say that person is successful, I find that we often look at a few things. First, that they're making a difference in, in the career that they've chosen, that they're enjoying what they're doing, and that things are getting done. They're they're you know doing what they want to be doing. So, I find that these people also tend to enjoy the rest of their life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at what we term success. Most people wouldn't say it's somebody who's just got their nose to the grindstone all the time. We we really value full lives these days. Mm-hmm. Now, what led you to write several books about what successful people do and how others can apply that to their lives, whether it you know be before breakfast, at work, or over the weekend? I've always been interested in the topic of time management, and I started writing about it a few years ago as I was looking at fitting the pieces of my life together and studying Mm -hmm. how other people did as well. And I really think that the question of how we spend our time has a lot to do with whether we are successful or not, because we all have the same amount of time and life is lived in hours. But what we do with those hours makes a big difference in in how things go. So I started studying how people are spending their time, studying people's schedules. I've collected hundreds of what I call time logs over the years, which is people recording how they're spending their days, spending their weeks. Mm -hmm. And you start to see certain patterns. Um, and certainly the reason I started writing about, you know, how successful people spend their morning hours, what the most successful people do before breakfast, is that I saw that people who really were making time for personal priorities, who were making time for thinking about the big picture of their lives and their careers, tended to use those morning hours to do so. So that's what that came from. Mm-hmm. What do successful people do before breakfast? So before breakfast, and I mean before the rest of the world is eating breakfast, I don't necessarily mean you have to get up and work hungry, Uh, but I find that people often work on personal priorities that life has a way of crowding out. These are often those important but not urgent things that we all know we should be doing, Mm -hmm. but we just don't make enough space for. So for many people, that is exercise. Um, Morning is a great time for exercising because you only have to shower once. It's done. Uh, You don't have to think about it again. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of other things people can do too. So sometimes if you're a parent of young children and you can't necessarily get home in the evening in time to spend a lot of quality time with them, mornings can be a great substitute for that, right? You can have family breakfast and spend quality time together in the morning. 
Um, other people use morning hours for working on big projects that they're not going to get to during the day. So if you have creative aspirations, you want to write a book, you want to paint, things like that, morning is a great time to do it. And other people like to do things like meditate, um, various spiritual practices. Mornings are good for those as well. So could you give us an example of how you've personally applied some of these things to your own life? So I am not particularly a morning person. I always <laughs> tell people that uh, that I, I don't have some routine that has me up at 5.30 in the morning. I wish I did, but I'm not that kind of person. But I have learned that it is easiest to focus in the morning. There are some real reasons for this, that, mm-hmm. that when we first sit down to work, we have the most willpower and focus we will have in the course of the day. Um, so those morning hours are a good time to focus on more difficult tasks, tasks that require more thought. So since writing this book, I've become much better about protecting my mornings for focused work. You know, if I need to do phone calls or meetings or things like that, I do my best to make them happen in the afternoon or, Mm -hmm. you know, if it has to be the late morning, that works too. But I try to protect the hours of at least 8 to 1030 to work on some big project that matters to me. And by doing that, do you find that you're more successful in the work that you're doing during those hours? I hope so. I do (laughs) feel like I'm getting more done. Uh, I do feel like I am able to tackle those tasks and do it when I when it doesn't feel as difficult because I'm capable of writing an article from 3 to 5 p.m., but I'm hating it the whole time. Right. So I better do it in the morning um, and get it done, and then I can focus on other things. Awesome. Well, do you have any suggestions for those who would like to kind of take some baby steps to start implementing some of your suggestions to their personal lives in the morning? I do. I find that keeping track of how you spend your time is the first step to spending your time better. Most of us really don't have a good sense of where our time goes. So you can try keeping a time log. If any of your listeners have ever tried to lose weight, you know that nutritionists will tell you to keep a food journal, Mm -hmm. writing down what you're eating, because it keeps you accountable. And it's the exact same thing with time. You write down what you're doing. There's various apps that will do this for you. You can do very low-tech, just write it down in a notebook. I've got a spreadsheet on my website, lauravandercam.com, if people want to download that. But you just keep track of your time, and you look at where it's going. And if you want to start using your mornings better, obviously you have to look at your mornings, but you should also look at the night before because often the solution to morning dilemmas is happening in the night uh, before it because we go to bed too late and then we can't get up in the morning. But if mm-hmm. we look at why we went to bed too late, it's not because we were doing anything. It's we were watching television too long or puttering around the house or surfing the web. So it's better to put a limit on that, um, get yourself to bed a little bit earlier, wake up refreshed and ready to go. Right. Now, you also have a book called What the Most Successful People Do at Work, which is a guide for making over a career. Now, why is it an important topic for people looking to advance their careers and be more successful? At work, we all face this issue that we can't work around the clock. We all have 168 hours a week, and you can't work for all of them. And if you look at how many hours people really can work, It's going to be max 60 a week. It's usually more like 40 a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if you think about it, you know, you only have 2,000 hours to work a year. So whatever you want to accomplish professionally has to happen within those 2,000 hours. And 
everyone has those 2,000 hours. I mean, maybe some people have some amount more, but it's not going to be that much more. Mm-hmm. And so since people can't make more time, the thing that separates people who are achieving a lot from those who are having more trouble is how they're spending those hours. And since we can't make more hours, you have to make each hour count more. You have to have each hour bearing returns, paying dividends. Uh, it's, if you think of the financial analogy, some of our money is just spent. It's gone. Nothing comes of it. Um, but hopefully some of our money is invested. And over time, it grows. Um, it bears returns. It starts paying more money. And you can look at two people of the exact same income. One person is investing and the other isn't. The person who's investing is going to wind up with much greater wealth and in turn income over time. And so it's the same thing with time. You want to take some chunk of your hours and invest them in things that pay off. And so in this book, I identified seven things that people do um, daily usually to help advance their careers and make the most of their time. So that's what's in that book. Okay. Could you give us an example of maybe three things that successful people do at work? I can. Uh, One thing they do is to plan. Okay. Uh, Planning is a big, important part of work. And you would be surprised how many people don't really think about it. I mean, they think about like, oh, I've got a meeting today at this time and I've got another meeting at this time. But beyond that, they're not thinking about, well, what do I want to be doing with my time? What are the most important things I could be doing with my time? And where do I block those in? I found that people who were really good at their jobs just built planning into their lives. Mm -hmm. So planning is an important one. There's another one that I really like, which is to practice. Okay. Practicing is something that you think of athletes doing or musicians doing, but you don't think of those of us in more regular jobs practicing. But practice is really just doing any skill repeatedly with the goal of getting better. And we Mm -hmm. all have skills associated with our jobs that we could get better at and hence more efficient at if we tried. So think about your job. Maybe there's different things you need to do, like public speaking or running a meeting or calling potential clients, calling potential sales prospects, dealing with Uh, clients who are unhappy, um, giving feedback to an employee. These are all skills and they are all skills that can be practiced. Mm -hmm. So building in some amount of time into your job to think about what you do frequently and how you can get better at what you do frequently. That's that's another big thing. And then finally, a a third, um, just for your listeners to think about, is what I call paying in. Paying into your career capital account. We all have a sum of career capital, which is basically our knowledge, our networks, our experience, our skills. And the idea is that if your career capital account is high, you can use that to find a new situation if you want. You can use it to try and get a promotion or even just to take a break from the workforce without destroying your ability to earn a living. And I found that successful people really make it a habit to pay into this account every day. So they're constantly thinking about, well, Who could I meet today? How could I help someone I know today? How could I put these two people in touch with each other? So I've made something happen for them, but they're also both thinking of me as someone who makes things happen. What new skill could I learn today? Uh, What evidence of my abilities can I send out into the universe? So, you know, I could write an article about something. I could uh, do something to make myself be seen as a thought leader. These are all ways you can pay into your career capital account. Now, as a journalist, do you how do you implement, um, for example, planning into your day to make yourself more efficient, therefore more successful? I 
plan on a couple of different levels, but one of them I do, I plan every week. I think through either on Friday afternoon or Sunday night. I try to get it Friday afternoon so I don't have to do it on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. But uh, plan the week ahead. Think, what are my priorities for the week ahead? And it's usually not a huge list. I definitely don't want it to be more than 10 because then I don't think it'll happen. But I think through in my personal and professional life, what are my priorities for the next week? And then I look at the week and say, well, when can I do those things? What do I need to do to make those things happen? And where can I block that in over the course of the next week? So then I have my week planned and I know that whatever is a priority, there is a time assigned to that priority. And that usually raises the chances that it will actually get done. <laughs> right. So what can, um, what can some employees do to kind of take baby steps in the right direction of implementing these three things that you've mentioned into their work lives, maybe slowly but surely? Well, one thing to do is just looking at your calendar and saying, well, if I want to do these things, if I want to plan, if I want to practice, if I want to pay in, what time am I going to assign to those priorities? And everyone has some amount of time in their life. There is no one I've ever seen in years of looking at people's schedules who has every single minute filled with important things. You can always shift things around a little bit and find a little bit of time for any of these. You don't have to find much time. In the beginning, if you could just find 15 minutes in your week to plan, to think through what do I want to be doing with my time and where can I make that happen, that will change your life. If you can just find 15 minutes to practice a difficult conversation before you have it, that conversation will go so much better. And if you can just think each day, at the end of the day, did I do something today to pay into my career capital account? Did I do something that makes me not just employed here, but also employable in the future, employable outside my organization? Uh, Then that's a good day. That's all you have to do. One thing, but uh, make sure you keep doing it. So after you've had a great week, you've paid into your career capital account, what do your your other book I'm trying to lead into this is what the most successful people do on the weekend. So why is this an important topic and how does being successful in your career lead to being successful in the weekend? I found that they were more related than we might think. And it's not that successful people are also working on weekends. Sometimes they do work on weekends, but it wasn't really the point. It was more that if you are really busy and working really hard during the week, um, and especially if you need to work a lot of hours, your weekend becomes important because it's necessary to help you recharge so you can face the next week mm-hmm. ready to go. And the busier you are, the more important it is that you really structure your weekends well so that you can recover, so that you can recharge and hit reset and be ready to go. Uh, and so I looked at how various successful people who did have so much going on professionally managed to decompress for a while and what they did. And the thing that was most interesting to me is that, you know, if you've had a busy week, you often want to do nothing when you hit the weekend. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that, you know, if you have such a limited amount of time off, you really do want to make the most of it. You want to have more of a structured recovery. Athletes often think of a restructured recovery. If you look at a tennis player, you know, they've got 20 seconds between points. They're not just doing random stuff during that 20 seconds. They are really focusing on getting their breathing back down, centering themselves for the next point. And so that's really what a weekend is. How do you personally make the most of your days off? What kind of techniques do you use? 
Well, the first thing I do is think about what would I like to do with that time. I don't mm-hmm. want my weekends to just happen to me. I want to be the architect of my weekends because if I'm not, then other people's priorities will invade or I will lose the weekend doing things that don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really try to think through ahead of time, what would I like to do this weekend? Are there any logistics that need to happen for those things to happen? And, you know, you don't plan every minute. Like, this is, this is not a death march through the weekend. And I don't want people to take that away. But even just thinking of like, what are three things I would like to do this weekend? And how can I make sure that those three things happen? Three things that would be pleasant, meaningful, enjoyable to me. So think that through, put a time for them. It's the same time management technique as before. Whatever is important to you, assign a time to it and you'll have much better weekends. Now, do you ever hear any feedback from your readers that these techniques have worked? And could you give them maybe like an example of how it worked for them? I've certainly heard from readers that are making a conscious effort to change their lives and use better time management principles. I hear a lot from people about their mornings um, because mornings really are a time that are accessible to all of us if we choose to use them. Mm -hmm. It's just you have to get in the habit of using them. So I've heard from lots of people who've started exercise routines or who are trying to tackle personal priorities like writing a book and find that morning is really the time that they can bring their best selves to bear on that problem, that if it has to happen, it has to happen first. So I really enjoy hearing those stories. Now, what's in store for you in the future with your time management books? Are you having any more coming out or what's what's going on? I am. I'm writing a book now. It's not going to come out till 2015 because I'm doing the research right now, but it's going to be called Mosaic. And it looks at how successful women win at work and life. And I'm really studying the time logs in detail of high-earning professional women who also have children and how they manage their lives and their time in order to make all these things happen. And I want to, partly I do this because I want to clear up some misperceptions I think people have about such lives because there's still a lot of space. Even in the busiest life, there is still a lot of space not only for you know personal priorities like raising children, but even just hobbies and downtime. There's still a lot of time for that too. Um, and also because I find that um, many women who are in this category have such fascinating time management techniques in order to make everything happen in their lives. And I think we can all learn from that. Right. So time management is definitely key to being successful. And now, did you have any final tips that you would like to share with our listeners? I think we've covered a lot today, but I really would reiterate that if people want to use their time better, thinking through how you spend it now and really keeping a good record of it is incredibly important. And then once you've done that, once you're looking at your schedule, ask yourself what you want to be doing with your time. When we think about time, we often think about what we don't want to be doing. We think about how we can load the dishwasher more efficiently or spend less time running errands. And those are all important things, but that's defense. You really want to play offense with your time. Mm -hmm. So think about what you want to be doing. Put those things in first and the rest of it will take care of itself. All right, everyone. Now that's it today for Moving Up on the Ladder. And thank you for joining us and sharing your experience and advice, Laura. Thank you for having me. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, email me at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.